Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Busy race weekend, busy football weekend. We're talking about that tonight. Next Friday night, opening night for high school football. Right now, though, we turn it over to the star of our show. He's with you every 15 minutes. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. It's a pleasure to be with you and Sam Fritz tonight in downtown Indianapolis. Let's start with Major League Baseball. Out in Kansas City, we've got a high-scoring affair between the Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals. At one point, the Cardinals were trailing 9-0 to after the second inning. Now it's 9-6. to The Cardinals have scored six unanswered runs, but let's dive into the numbers. Starting with the Kansas City side, Bobby Witt Jr. is having a terrific year for the Royals. He's two for three. He has a home run and three RBIs. Salvador Perez with three hits, including a home run and three RBIs as well. Getting the start for St. Louis was Adam Wainwright. He made it through just one inning, and his ERA is Pushing nine. It's now 8.78. He gave up nine hits and eight earned runs. And that one inning of work, he is sitting on 198 wins in his major league career. This is the final year for Wainwright with the Redbirds. Lars Newpar has three hits. Wilson Contreras has a pair. Tyler O'Neill has a hit as well as does Tommy Edmond. Most of the RBI is coming from Contreras. He has three. O'Neill with two. Lars Newtbar with one as that game is in the top of the sixth inning in Kansas City. 9-6 Royals in Chicago from Guaranteed Rate Field. 5-4 lead now for the Chicago White Sox over the Milwaukee Brewers. Eloy Jimenez hit a two-run home run to break the 2-2 tie in the bottom of the third inning. And then Tim Anderson had an RBI single in the fourth to give them a 5-2 advantage in the top of the fifth. Milwaukee scored a pair of runs off a Willie Adamas single all of this coming off of corbin burns he's got five innings of work he's probably done tonight after 95 pitches he's given up five runs seven hits three walks and struck out four (laughs) on the chicago side of things michael kopech received the starting nine he went four and a third gave up four earned runs five hits five walks and he struck out four eloy jimenez has two hits as does Andrew Vaughn. The Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates have gone final. The Reds have defeated the Pirates 9-2. to They got on the board early. They got a three-spot in the first inning. It all sparked with an Ellie De La Cruz triple that scored T.J. Friedel and Matt McClain. Later in the inning, Spencer Steer had a double that scored Ellie, and then they doubled their lead to six with Luke Maley clubbing a three-run home run in the fourth inning. Andrew Abbott returned for the Reds in the form in which Reds fans are accustomed to. Five and two-thirds, gave up two hits. He struck out nine. The Reds are now 10-3, and three, and Andrew Abbott starts. Andrew Abbott himself is 7-3 and three in his rookie campaign with the Reds. Johan Oviedo, he started. He went five innings for the Buccos. He is now... Six and 12. The Reds offensively exploded for 11 hits. Ellie had two. Steer had two. Matt McLean, TJ Friedel, Stuart Fairchild had one. And Will Benson was the clubhouse leader today with three hits. The Reds are 61 and 57 after tonight's win. The Chicago Cubs have gone final from Canada. They are taking on the Blue Jays today. Mark the start of a three-game series. Chicago 6-2 win. Javier Assad goes seven innings, gives up four hits, one run. Picking up the loss on the Toronto side was Jose Barrios. He is now 9-8 and eight after going four and a third, giving up four runs. Assad is 2-2. and 
two. Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger all with two hits today. Cody Bellinger, uh, Nico Horner each had home runs. Seiya Suzuki drove in two for the Cubs. Mike Talkman and Horner each had RBIs as well. The Cubs are 60-56 and 56 in their time with the Reds for second place in the National League Central, trailing the Milwaukee Brewers by two and a half games. And Boston, the Red Sox defeat the Tigers tonight 5-2. to two. The Red Sox are now 61-55, and 55, and the Tigers are 12 games under 500 at 52-64. and 64. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Mark Jaynes has patiently waited for the scoreboard update to come back and talk racing. All right, for everyone who is uh, going to be listening uh, on the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network, take me through your schedule because it's a it's an, a rather extensive one over the weekend, is it not? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, a lot of time spent for sure. I mean, we, we had right. a ton of shows. Day between uh, the Indy Dex presented by Firestone and the NTT IndyCar Series. And while there aren't as many shows tomorrow, uh, the length of the day is uh, is still, you know, pretty hefty. Yeah. I think I get to the booth about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And uh, I'll visit <laughs> uh, with Chris Blair, who's the president of Worldwide Technology Raceway. And uh, uh, we'll set something up to preview the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, where we'll be in a couple of weeks. And then we'll set about the task of turning things over to our good friend Doug Rice and Brad Gilly, Brett McMillan, and uh, the legendary crew chief Jeff Hammond as they'll take you through uh, a cup of practice and qualifying. And then uh, the NTT IndyCar Series crew will take the air at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and we will have uh, flag-to-flag coverage of uh, the Gallagher Grand Prix. And then the Xfinity Series takes to the track. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I um, believe we go on the air at 5, expect the green flag, you know, 5.30-ish or so. Should get put the wraps on that around 8 o'clock. And then we uh, we rack them up and get ready to break them again on Sunday uh, when, we, uh, when we do uh, <laughs> right. the, the, the cup race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I believe that's 2 p.m. Eastern, if memory serves me correctly. After today, my friend, quite frankly, it's all a blur, and I apologize for not having the specifics. <laughs> uh, you know what? You, you know, and frankly, um, you could have made it all up. No one would have, would, would, as, busy, as busy it is, I don't think anyone would notice. The big key is make sure you listen to many of these same great stations around the state to catch the races tomorrow. You mentioned Graham Rahal on the poll. Uh, could be. I think this will be an interesting race, don't you think? As we've talked about before, we're, we're running out of races, and there's still a lot, a lot on the line in the series. Yeah, 84 points is the lead for Alex Below. Uh, Joseph Dugarden start a little deeper in the field tomorrow than he would have liked, uh, given the uh, the fact that he really. But I, I think there are several guys still mathematically eligible, but 84 mm-hmm. points is going to be a tough mountain to climb against a guy who has not finished any worse than eighth this season in talking about Alex Pillow. And so uh, Joseph's got his work cut out for him if he's going to try to run him down. But uh, interesting front row because Christian Lundgaard, who's run well there in the past, is starting along his teammate Graham Rahal. And they had some interesting conversations today about how they have to trust one another and race each other smartly mm-hmm. in the turn one as they head north on, on the green flag lap when we open the race tomorrow. But uh, – 
You know, Coach, uh, you know how when you gathered your team up in the locker room and you gave them all the specific instructions on the opening tip and what to do and how to do it, and they all nodded approval? Well, when that ball went up in the air, it's like you've never even spoken to them. And so, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll connect you to that by saying drivers all nodded approval and in agreement, then you put the helmet on and there's the disconnect. So uh, it'll it'll be an interesting start tomorrow, that's for sure. And that scenario is why I do radio. <laughs> because uh, you, you know how it is. Um, you thought you had it all covered, and when you walked out, I mean, you turned to your assistants and go, was anybody listening to anything I said? <laughs> I mean, well, so and, you know, that's, it, that's, what I, that's what I always said, Coach. When I was an offensive coordinator, be it middle school or high school, you know, I, I, I never called the wrong play. We just didn't execute it very well. <laughs> uh, and that's why I thank God radio found both of us. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. I, I remember telling Tim Lyon years ago, you know, uh, Tim was the Indian Creek basketball coach and had a nice run there and did very, very well. When I was doing radio in Martinsville once upon a time, we were we were talking just outside the locker room before he took the floor, and he looked at me and he goes, Mark, won't, you, won't we trade places tonight? I said, Coach, I'm undefeated where I'm sitting. I wouldn't trade you for all the tea in China, yeah. brother. <laughs> I, I feel that I haven't lost a game since I uh, went into radio, Mark. No, no. Every, I know every you're busy. It's been great. You know, every decision's been great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. an amazing thing yeah. for sure. I know you're busy. I appreciate it. I'll track you down tomorrow. We'll get a recap on what's going to be a busy day. So, everybody, NASCAR fans, IndyCar fans, you're covered. Got the Xfinity race tomorrow. Uh, We got the IndyCar series race. We got the Cup on Sunday. How much better can it get? Mark, thank you, and have fun tomorrow. Talk to you soon, Coach. Take care. Thanks a lot. What a great, great day today a great day of racing same thing coming up tomorrow it's going to be a lot of fun join us tomorrow night adam alexander will be with us we're going to get you both sides nascar indycar mark will join us again tomorrow adam will be with us later on tonight and tomorrow night uh we have college uh, football to talk about when we come back got a lot of things going on when we come back this is network indiana's indiana sports talk with this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. NTT IndyCar Series in action this weekend for the Gallagher Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Graham Rahal, he will start on the pole for tomorrow's race. It's the first time in six years that Rahal has started P1. And the last time he did, back in 2017, was in Detroit for the Grand Prix there, and he swept the weekend by winning both races. So optimism there for Graham Rahal. Also big news today in IndyCar, Elio Castro Neves next season will only be running in the Indianapolis 500-mile race for Meyer Shank Racing. He is also becoming a minority owner and the team, they had a press conference today about that. Jim Meyer and I went back and forth and was convinced that he, Bloomquist, would do well and make this time ready for him to move to the IndyCar Series. That's Michael Shank because Tom Bloomquist will replace Castroneves' spot next year as a full-time driver for Meyer Shank Racing. And additionally, Jenna Fryer of the Associated Press reporting that Alex Pillow will not fulfill his contract next season with Arrow McLaren Racing 
and quote, he has no intention of honoring it, which is a wild turn of events. If you remember uh, everything played out last year with Chip Ganassi racing Alex Polo and Aero McLaren. It's also worth noting from Jenna Fryer that he's already received an advance of his salary for the next year. So things are just getting started here with Polo and Aero McLaren. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. 30 years on the air. Glad you've been with us. Maybe not for all 30, but parts of it. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football right around the corner. One of my favorite times of the year because they get to talk to guys I respect and admire for their skill and their abilities. Goldenblack.com's Alan Karpik joins me. Hello, Alan. Bob, 30 years. That's not possible. You must have started the show when you were eight years old. But, uh, no, what a great tribute to you. you know, thanks for it having me. It always seems like it. <laughs> I'm sure that's true, my friend. But, hey, thanks for having me on, and we're looking forward. You're welcome. You know, gosh, it's three weeks into the day till opening day in ross Stadium, and never, ever, never, at least in my years of being around Purdue football, have I had – more uncertainty or just things we just don't know about Purdue heading into that season opening. Right. Let me see if I can fill in some of the blanks. New coach, new quarterback. <laughs> Got yeah. some returners on the on the defensive side. But, you know, start there and work your way back. I mean, the early returns, everybody's impressed with Ryan Walters and, and what he has done in his career to this point. And uh, you project ahead of what can happen. And then your new quarterback is a highly touted kid from Texas, and everybody's in love with him. So, you know, without actually being out in the action and, and having played games, I can see why people would be, number one, uncertain. But at the other hand, they ought to be pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they've sold over 40,000 season tickets, which is a very high number for Purdue. And yeah. Ryan Walters brings a lot of energy to this, no question. Hudson Card out of Texas is – is got a lot of billing, uh, you know, and Devin Mockaby, who is really the most exciting freshman yeah, running back yeah. uh, in Purdue Annals. So, yeah, there's some things to be excited about. And I don't mean to be a downer. I'm just saying I think this is that's the news for 70% of teams in, in, in Power 5 football right now just because you have so much roster turnover. And, you know, you're looking at, what, almost 20 portal guys that are on Purdue's <laughs> roster, I believe it is. So uh, Ryan Walters will learn how to juggle, learn how to uh, read people, and hopefully put them in the right spots if you're a Purdue fan come September 2nd. You know what? I'm a, I'm a, ba- you know, I'm a basketball guy. You made a yeah. living at it for over 20 years, won, won a few games, won a few championships, think I kind of have an idea what it's about. I couldn't coach. I've told people, especially in <laughs> basketball, if I were a head coach at the Division One level, the first thing I would do is hire a junior college coach as my assistant to help me understand roster fluctuation and losing people and replacing them because it used to be you'd bring somebody in you know it was a four-year or five-year learning for especially in football a five-year learning process and now that's not the case and it takes a while to adjust how to manage the day-to-day stuff with different people who you don't have as much time to teach and get everything in as you did in the past Exactly. I think that the best thing Ryan Walters has got going for him, he's a very intelligent guy, very high-energy guy. Those are great attributes. Another thing is he's 37 years old. He, he, he's not uh, – yeah. he doesn't have uh, 
20 years of, you know, he's been coaching since he's been 24. So he's, he's built his, built his coaching resume, but he's not necessarily stuck in the way things have been done in the past. I think that's going to be an advance mm-hmm. for him. It may allow him to stay sane <laughs> through all this. And, you know, not everybody can be like, <laughs> can't, not everybody can be like Bob Lovell or Matt Painter where you have rosters, at least for right now, you know, right. you have to look at Matt's right. roster in basketball been very fortunate to have a core group of guys that he's been able to develop that's not going to be the way it's going to be for a lot of programs you're going to you're you're going to have to hope you can develop them and hope you can keep them around but uh, there's some options there and uh, yeah the NCA or somebody needs to get a handle on some of this portal stuff but uh, for the time being it's uh, it's the wild wild west it is, which gives you opportunities. I mean, you know, yeah. you know that whole situation when you when you have turmoil like this, there are opportunities. And I'm sure Coach Walters has told his guys just that very same thing. I think the other thing he's told them is, look, uh, we expect to win. That's the, yeah. He said that from day one. I, I, we expect to win, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to defend people. We're going to run the football because, you know, with Maccabee and, and others, and you have a, a quarterback who can make plays, uh, this is a dangerous football team. Right. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that Ryan Walters has done, which is, again, is maybe you call it swagger. I don't think you, you, you call it some level of confidence. You should come in here and say, you know, hey, folks, we did uh, win the Big Ten West last year. And I, I understand right. that that right. coaching staff, you know, as he said, the coach has gone home. Jeff Brom went home to Loft, to uh, Louisville. And, uh, you know, so they have a – I think that that's a good thing that you have some guys in the locker room that know what it, what it feels like to, to win and to be in a championship game setting. Uh, and I think that's also uh, an expectation. But Ryan Walters, and I think – for a lot of coaches, it's, it's the blessing and the scourge of the transfer portal is you're not the honeymoon period doesn't last near as long anymore because that expectation is you can build a roster in a year and, and become competitive. So that's what's going to be interesting to watch. And I think Purdue fans will give Walter some time. I think Walter's right. and company would love to just show that they're darn competitive. And you'll know that in the month of September when four out of five games are in Ross H Stadium and uh, you got some good, co- good, co- good competition coming here, some chances for victories. But uh, there aren't going to be any layups uh, for a basketball tournament, this team. Uh, there's no, there are no easy games on this schedule uh, until – and maybe, maybe you can include with Northwestern and what all they're going through. Uh, that might be an easier game come November. But gosh only knows where we're going to be at that point in time. There are challenges, to, to say the least, yeah. or early on, and, and, and I think they welcome that. I, I think you know the whole recruiting aspect is you're going to come in here, we're going to play good people, we're going to play them right off the bat. you got to be ready, we, and we, again, we expect to be successful. That's why you're here, and if you expect to play at that next level, you have to respond to these challenges. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what uh, Ryan Walters does bring. He's got that defensive mentality as, you know, we're, you're going to get smacked in the face. It's by the definition sure. of play football. And uh, they, it's going to be how they respond to it, how he responds to it. I, I think, again, you look at him and say, here's a very, very mature 37-year-old. He comes in. Uh, he won the interview, so to speak. He really impressed. I know Mike Rubinsky, Purdue's mm-hmm. athletic director, has talked. 
uh, openly about how impressed he's been with his guy. Uh, you know, and I think that those are all good things. This could be the absolute uh, home run hire as all things fall into mm-hmm. place here because you got a young guy in a program and a place that uh, Purdue has become, uh, in some to some extent, a, a cool place to be. It's certainly if Mitch Daniels is president, has has uh, right. got, got a great reputation, not only for tuition freezes, but also as a university. So those are all things I think Ryan wants to capitalize and and uh, on. And, and I think he – and plus you've got a kind of a new-look Ross-Ade Stadium with the Tiller Tunnel and the new – New uh, South okay. End Zone. It's gonna it's gonna be a different look for fans coming into Ross Aid, and from the looks of things, there are gonna be a lot of fans in Ross Aid uh, come September second and beyond. If you call yourself a Purdue fan and you want to know what's happening, if you're not already reading GoldenBlack.com, you should, because um, Alan Carpick and his staff are really, really, really good at what they do. Alan, as always, it's great to catch up with you. We'll do this a lot through the fall, if you don't mind. Thank you so much, and enjoy the weekend. Yes, uh, it's great to be on with you again anytime, Bob, for you. Uh, I always learn something when I'm on with you, and uh, you do a great job. You do a great service <laughs> for the people of Indiana. So enjoy the year 30, and we'll talk anytime you're ready. You're very kind. I appreciate the words. Thank you, Alan. All right. Take care, Bob. Thank you. 30 years. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I ask myself, what was I not thinking about in the last 30 years? But quite frankly, it's, it's been fun. And, and time does fly, as they say. It sure does. All right, we got the Purdue perspective. We're going to now turn it to IU. I like how I do that. Jack Ankeny is going to join me from Sports Illustrated Indiana. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Tomorrow marks the start of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. Their first preseason game is in Orchard Park, New York, as they take on the Buffalo Bills. Head coach Shane Steichen explains what it's like being coaching Anthony Richardson during training camp. It's been exciting. Anytime, you know, you have a young quarterback, you know, it's a process, you know, just learning the system, mastering the system. And then there's all those little nuances that go on throughout the play, you know, that you got to be like, hey, well, shoot, I know this isn't the same look, but mm-hmm. this could happen on this play. Uh, so you try to put them through those different looks uh, in practice, uh, in the meeting rooms, talking through film. But, you know, excited uh, about his future uh, and the growth he's made so far. One benefit that Anthony Richardson has is Gardner Minshew. He's like an extra coach in that classroom and on the field. Uh, he processes the game really well. You know, five years in the league, he's seen a good chunk um, of things. And so to have him in the system that he's been in for two mm-hmm. years and to help the other guys around him on different looks and, you know, d- different route details and backs and protections and all that stuff, it's been tremendous to have. Richardson will make the start for the Colts tomorrow, but there is no determination from Shane Steichen as to how long Richardson and the rest of the starters will play. Players that have missed time this week in practice, safety Julian Blackman, tight ends Mo Alley-Cox, Jelani Woods, and Will Mallory. Additionally, defensive lineman DeForest Buckner, safety Rodney Thomas, right tackle Braden Smith, and cornerback Kenny Moore have missed time or were held out or limited and practice this week. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. 
Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Year number 30 of the show. Glad you've been with us through parts, maybe even through most of that. We appreciate that. Um, It's a long time. We've uh, made a living talking about high school and college sports, and to that end, let's talk some college football. We talked about Purdue. Let's talk a little IU football with me from Sports Illustrated Indiana. Hoosiersnow.com, Jack Ankeny. Jack, thanks for the call. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well. Uh, congrats on 30 years. That's awesome, and uh, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Tell me you're older than 30. I'm not. I'm uh, I'm only 23. I'm yeah. I see you've been doing this long. <laughs> see, you know, no, Jay. I mean, it's a loaded question, and I and I apologize. But um, my studio producer uh, is Sam Fritz, who is 20. What did you say, Sam? 27. Uh, Eddie Garrison, I don't believe is 30. Most, if not all, uh, of the guys who work on this show. Uh, we're not born before we started. And I try not to let that sink in. Um, everyone knows I'm not young. Um, but uh, it's, it, the reason we've been on for 30 years is we have great guests like you, guys like you, young guys, energetic, fired up, talented. Uh, it's a great combination. I'm jealous. I wish to God I had – uh, those skills that you guys have, but you've got an IU. You're 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 on the IU beat, uh, and you and yep. Tom Brew and the staff have a great gig going on right now. And there's optimism. There's also question marks. I'm uh, not really sure what's happening, but we're fired up about the start of the new football season. But there are a lot of questions regarding the Hoosiers. Are there not? Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, the compliments, Bobby, and and you, you're right. There are a lot of questions, and I, you know, when fall camp started a couple weeks ago, you know, when we're talking to Tom Allen, he he basically said there's competition at every at every position, pretty much all mm-hmm. up and down the roster. You know, linebacker is right. pretty much the one that's the most established, but um, really up and down the roster, there's questions everywhere, just because of the amount of departures, the amount of incoming transfers, and, and guys. Mm-hmm. Just for spots so yeah you're right about that that's coach talk for we're not exactly sure what we have (laughs) okay and and i understand listen i understand it uh i I, and there are there are understandably uh concerns uh about what they've done in terms of uh, defensive side of the ball uh then the other side of it do we have a quarterback? Do we have a do we have competition? What does that look like? Are we going to be able to move the ball uh, with an offensive line at times that was um, questionable last year? Right. So yeah, you're right. I think some of the competition talk is, is coach speak, but I do think the quarterback room specifically, um, you know, th- that that's kind of valid to say because both right. guys that are competing right. for the job right now are redshirt freshmen who have played, I believe, three and four games in, in, the, in their college careers. And those two guys are uh, Taven Jackson, uh, Trace Jackson Davis' younger brother. He transferred right. in from Tennessee. Right. And uh, Brendan Soresby, he was here last year, played about you know one series against Penn State. So um, they're dealing with, with guys in a competition that, that have really never played. And so I do think right now it is a true competition, just going to fall camp and, and things like that. They're all they're getting equal reps from what we've seen. They're both getting a shot. 
Um, you know, if I had to make a prediction, I, I think I might give the edge to Taven because he, he seems to have a little bit higher of a ceiling just with kind of his mobility and things like that. But I don't think they're handing him the job by any means. Um, you know, we have right. a scrimmage tomorrow morning that um, Tom Allen said will be very pivotal kind of in the decision-making process. They're not going to rush a decision, but, um, you know, tomorrow will offer a lot of game-like reps for, for those guys mm-hmm. who have never really been in, in, in uh, college football games, um, to, to, to be honest. So um, th- that's definitely where the questions are the most. And then you, you also talked about the offensive line. Um, definitely been a weakness the last two seasons. Um, but they brought in a new coach, Bob Bostad. He uh, had, had a lot of success at Wisconsin, had some stints in the NFL, and, uh, you know, everything that players have said that they really like what he's brought in. And, um, I, I, you know, they're, they're getting Matt Bedford back, who was their best offensive lineman. He tore his ACL in week one last year, which kind of threw everything for a loop kind of right at the start of that year. They brought in a couple transfers. So, I mean, I think there is reason to believe that the offensive line can be better. You know, how much better mm-hmm. will it be? That That's kind of the question. Um, and we'll only really be able to tell that on game day once they're going up against actual opponents. Um, but I do think there are some signs that it's getting better. Um, you know, we'll just see how much uh, because, you know, offensive success often relies on, you know, do you have a quarterback and can you block for the quarterback? And, and those are kind right. of the two biggest questions right. for Indiana right now, um, regardless of kind of the talent that they have at receiver and running back, which kind of seem like two of the better rooms. But, um, you know, none of that will matter if you can't block or if you can't get him the ball. That is true. Jack Ankeny with us from Sports Illustrated Indiana. Go to HoosiersNow.com. Read his great work. You talked about offense, defense, and it's not a very experienced group on either side of the ball, no. which obviously has to bring up some concerns. And this doesn't, to me, doesn't feel like a group that can withstand some injuries to the wrong people. No, no, and that's kind of what has really hurt them the last few seasons. You know, you think of last year, Cam Jones, their their linebacker, he was an all-Big Ten type of guy. Um, I think right. he played four or five games and then went down with that foot injury. He's gone. Um, and really, Aaron Casey, the linebacker, he led IU in tackles last year. He's kind of the only guy. Him and Noah Pierre are kind of um, – Pierre's kind of a that nickel safety, nickel corner. That They're really the only two guys coming back, so – um, in terms of depth, you're right. They're they're not a team that really in the history of the program, recent history at least, has been able to withstand injuries. Um, they've brought in a lot of transfers on the defensive line. Tom Allen has talked about how that has been a huge focus the last two off seasons. I think they've added eight um, eight defensive line transfers over the last two off seasons, and and all eight are kind of um, in the mix for big roles. And uh, Andre Carter would be kind of the the guy leading that group, he's a defensive end, defensive tackle, can kind of play both spots from Western Michigan. He's been a really standout player on the defensive line. Um, but, right, you're, you're kind of right. There's a ton of new faces. So it will be a challenge for Allen to kind of get those guys to be cohesive. They have a new defensive coordinator, too, uh, Matt Guerreri. So a lot of new faces, and, and they're definitely going to have to stay healthy, which is something that they've really been snake-bitten by the last two years. I mentioned Bedford earlier. Um, the receiver, Cam Camper, towards ACL last year. He sh- should be good to go week one, it sounds like. But 
um, yeah, definitely will need to stay more healthy than they have the last two years if they if they hope to kind of um, you know improve uh, from where they were in 2021 and 2022. Is someone mad at them in the uh, Big Ten office in terms of schedule? There's someone. Did they anger somebody there? Because I'm trying to look at a schedule that says, you know, they open up with uh, Ohio State. Am I reading this correctly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that'll be a really uh, about as big of a challenge as you can have in week one, even though it's at home. Um, yeah, yeah. Been like that, you know, yeah. really for all of Tom Allen's tenure. Um, you know, you get Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. They're all in the top seven of the coaches' poll. Um they're playing Louisville in the non-con, um, and right. you know Wisconsin seems like they should be a really strong team in the Big Ten West with Luke Fickle in his first year. Um, you know Illinois, there's a lot of signs of, of that program's growth with with Bielema. and then Michigan State and Purdue to end the year. You know are are definitely two formidable opponents. You got to go at Maryland, so. The schedule is not forgiving at all. You know, really those two early season games, Indiana State and Akron, right. are maybe the only two that you can feel too good about heading into the year. Um, so it, it will be a challenge for sure. I'm, I'm, Jack, I appreciate your time. Jack Ankeny, Sports Illustrated Indiana, HoosiersNow.com. Jack, thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. Yeah, anytime, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison coming up. This is Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's take a look at how our minor league teams in the state have performed today. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps, they lost to the Lansing Lugnut 7-3. Lansing scored all seven of the runs within the first three innings of the game. And the Tin Caps scored in the third, fifth, and seventh. A run apiece. 7 3 final score. The Tin Caps are 54 and 53 on the season. And the Lugnuts are 48 and 58. The South Bend Cubs in the Lake County Captains game is currently suspended due to weather. It's in the bottom of the second inning. And the Lake County Captains have a one to nothing advantage over the South Bend Cubs that game is in Lake County. The Cubs do have one hit in that one. The Indianapolis Indians, they played at home tonight at Victory Field, and they lost to the Nashville Sound. A 7-5 to five was the final score of the Tribe. Ten games under 500 on the season, 50-60. and 60. And the Sound reversed that, and that's what their record is, 60-50. and 50. They got two runs in the first, third, sixth, and a run in the ninth did the Sound. The Indians, on the other hand, got a run in the second, fourth, seventh, and ninth inning. Only six hits each for both teams, but walks a major factor in this one. The Tribe walked three times as a team, and the Sounds walked five times. They'll conclude their series on Sunday, and they'll play Game five tomorrow afternoon. NHL or NFL preseason Commanders Browns 17 2. Commanders and Broncos Cardinals. That game is scoreless in the second quarter. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. As you know, it's a big race week in Indianapolis. And you're talking about racing, you have to talk about. Adam Alexander from Fox Sports 1, co-host of the popular NASCAR Risa on FS1. 
I get smarter when I watch it. You should do the same thing. Adam, what a weekend. What a fun weekend of racing in Indianapolis. It really, in a way, I'm watching this Craftsman Truck Series race right now. It feels kind of like a throwback because this is how it all started (laughs) with the trucks racing at IRP to get a big race weekend going. And, of course, you know, it's evolved. NASCAR at the Xfinity and Cup level now racing on the road course. IndyCar, a part of this big, you know, race weekend. And so it, it really is different than it used to be. But seeing the trucks at IRP uh, really makes me feel like it's, you know, 1995 again. But this is this is great. It's a, a fun weekend. And racing at Indy, it, it doesn't really matter if it's IndyCar, if it's NASCAR, if it's the road course, it's the Oval. If you're competing there, you know it's worth watching. And it'll be a lot of fun, uh, not just how this race wraps tonight at IRP, but throughout the weekend with all the other series racing at the big track. It's a, a special time for all the race fans in central Indiana. And it seems to me, too, as a, you know, kind of a, a spectator, kind of on the outside, not as an inside like you, but it seems to me that even on uh, the Cup Series and the NTT Series, they're far enough into the schedules where these races matter. They're not, oh, they, there's a, a lot on the line in these races. Well, there is, and, you know, it's, um, it's an opportunity race for a lot of drivers. And, and I think in particular, yeah. when you look on the NASCAR side, three races to go to the playoffs and all those drivers situated around the cut line are drivers that you just anticipate are going to be really good at road racing. And you go to Indy this weekend and, and next week the cup cars are at Watkins Glen and then they wrap things up at Daytona. And as we know, anything can happen when you go racing at Daytona. So it's, um, it's really it's a fun weekend means a lot to the teams and and i know a lot of people want to win this weekend at indy because next year there's a lot of talk about going back to the oval so you want to knock it Mm -hmm. out on the road course and and put your name on that list and uh, i think just based on the depth of competition and those that are really good at road racing not just the series regulars but those outsiders that are coming in to run this weekend we're going to see a really good race from nascar on sunday What's your thought about going back to the Oval for the for the Brickyard? Well, I I like it. I, I would say that uh, road racing has become such a big part of what NASCAR is all about. And, you know, forever it was Sonoma and Watkins Glen, and it was just let's just survive and move on. And then, right. you know, NASCAR drivers started getting better and better at that style of racing. And then, you know, more races went on the schedule and, you know, the Roval – uh, became a part of the playoff equation. And so that, you know, changed the mindset because now it wasn't just surviving. It was a way uh, to move your way through the playoffs. And so it's just taken on new meaning. And doing that at Indy was a nice way to change the pace because, as we know, that's a place that's configured and set up for Indy cars. And it does not put mm-hmm. on the, the mm-hmm. oval, is not always put on the best stock car race. But I, I feel like that there's plenty of history and tradition there. And when you think about next year being the anniversary of the first ever Brickyard 400, it's the perfect time to go back to the oval. Do you do it every year? I I don't know. I'm not sure how they balance that out going forward, but I think 2024 is the perfect time to go back and and see where they are with it. And the cars have changed uh, in NASCAR and maybe that'll change the product and the racing that we see on track. You got uh, you got time to hang on, uh, keep talking sure. a little racing. You got a chance to stay with us, perfect. Sure thing. Adam Alexander will stay with us. We'll come back, talk some more racing. 
uh, big race weekend now. Adam's going to be with us tomorrow night and kind of wrap up some things. Um, so it's it's fun in the midst of all the football and getting ready for all of that. Got to talk racing because it is Indianapolis. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Next Friday, you're all going to be with us. Our 30th go-round of high school football. you got to be with us. Adam Alexander rejoins us. You remember listening to Friday nights back in your days down at U of E and down in Evansville, do you not? Well, I mean, I remember being a part of it as a, a player before Indiana Sports Talk when I was at North Central, so those were always you know, great times right. and created wonderful memories. And and then, you know, as you said, I work in, in Evansville, and, and I can remember going out for local TV and, you know, covering the games and having Indiana <laughs> Sports Talk on, trying right. to catch scores or calling you guys and saying, hey, did you get this score? Or maybe we give you a yes. score, you give us a score, you yeah, know. And, absolutely. Uh, so before social media, you know, shows like the, the one that you guys do on Friday night, not that it's easy now, but but that rush that you felt of trying, I mean, that the adrenaline that, that you felt when you were, you know, calling everybody and trying to get scores, and it, it's just a, a magical um, way to spend a Friday evening is taking in high school football and then following Indiana Sports Talk and listening to all the scores and coaches that call in. It's It's a great thing, and you know, it speaks to how great high school football is in Indiana and basketball mm-hmm. will be the same this winter. Uh, when you consider the following that you guys have had all these years. You're kind. I'll tell you what, I, I, I agree with you about the the adrenaline rush. Uh, and, and um, you know, you, you're out there you know, covering Bossy, and you're going to Bossy Field, and you're going out to all the famed venues there at Evansville with some, some tremendous rivalries on, on a Friday night. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, call us because we were the sort of, Twitter wasn't invented yet. Social media wasn't invented yet. If you wanted to score, if you were a TV station in Indiana, you were calling us on Friday nights, trying, trying to get scores and, uh, and our guys, uh, behind the scenes were, were absolutely pounding away on the phones, uh, trying to get as many scores as they possibly could. And their goal was to walk out with every – we had midnight to have every score in the state. More nights than not, we were able to do it. So you're kind. You're very – you know, we couldn't do this show without you. All right, we're, we got uh, Xfinity today. We Did we race today and have uh, – right. we got no Xfinity's tomorrow, I'm sorry, and Cup on Sunday, right? That's right, and uh, trucks tonight, and they've got 14 laps to go at IRP. So a full weekend and – you know, my dream is someday, Bob, to start this race weekend on Thursday night and have the cup cars race on the short track in Claremont on Thursday night and then Friday <laughs> run the trucks over there and then everything shifts to the right. big track for the weekend. So I want a cup doubleheader in Indy, in Indy one on a short track, one on a big track. That's, that's my goal in life. What do you need me to do to get that to make that happen? <laughs> we make some phone. Call. Do I need? Do, do I have I enough have influence feeling. to make phone calls? <laughs> I'd say we don't have those numbers, and we don't get invited to those meetings. You know. No, no, but it's good to dream, brother. All right, have fun. I know we're going to talk tomorrow night, but uh, you know I can't do it without you on the weekends. I appreciate it very much, and thanks for the call. Great to be with you, Bob. Have a good night. Thanks so much, Adam Alexander, Fox Sports One. NASCAR race up. Make sure you watch it. 
Top of the hour scoreboard update coming up soon with that knucklehead, Eddie Garrison, on Indiana Sports Talk.